For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. A growing number of Americans say they want to join a union. According to a recent Gallup poll, union approval stands at 65 percent, one of the highest marks in half a century. Research from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology shows more than 60 million people would vote to join a union today if given the opportunity. Workers in America favor unions and tens of millions want to join one. So what's stopping them? outdated labor laws, which is why on this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into a generational opportunity that is on our doorstep, passing the Protecting the Right to Organize Act, also known as the PRO Act. Joining me to talk about what the PRO Act is, why it's so important to working people, and the opportunity to get it passed is the Chief of Staff for the New York State AFL-CIO, Ryan Delgado. Ryan, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Tarsi. It's my pleasure. So I started by saying that the um, numbers of people supporting unions and wanting to join unions is way up. And I pointed out that outdated labor laws is one of the roadblocks to making that happen. So can you start by talking about that? Why is it sometimes so hard for workers to unionize? Darcy, when you hear the statistics that you laid out in the opening, I think the natural question would be, how does a union organizing drive ever fail? In reality, the question is, how does the union organizing drive ever succeed? Um, I mean, the playing field is just so overwhelmingly tilted towards employers who really can go to any length to try to thwart their workers from exercising their rights, um, from hiring union avoidance firms who specialize in silencing workers, holding captive audience meetings where they force workers to listen to anti-union propaganda. In some of the worst cases, they'll go so far as to fire union supporters, which, you know, you can only imagine the chilling effect that has on workers who are trying to stand up and organize. You know, but even when employers are found to have broken the law under the current system, the penalties are so insufficient and justice is often so delayed, the damage that's done can't be recovered from. So that's really what workers who are trying to raise their voices together as one and organize uh, face uh, in organizing drives. So these companies and corporations, they really have nothing to lose, right? They can just go up against it. If they don't want their workplace to be organized, then they, they, they if they're not really facing any kind of fines or any deterrent, I can see there would be no disincentive for them to try to stop it. That's right. I mean, we often hear on, uh, you know, rallies and picket lines and, and different uh, mobilizations, justice delayed is justice denied. And that's really the same effect when you have penalties that are issued so late. The damage is done at that point already. So, Ryan, how would the PRO Act change that? What specifically would the PRO Act do? The PRO Act is really, it runs a whole gamut of reforms that are needed to kind of level the playing field, bring some balance back to our labor laws. You know, first and foremost, one of the biggest provisions is ending right to work in the the United States. Uh, Not an issue here in New York, but it's a huge issue uh, for much of the country. So when let's stop there for a second. When you say right to work, can you explain Uh, what that means, because it sounds like a good thing. 
It, that's a great point, Darcy. And the folks that de developed it and designed it, I'm sure they focus grouped and polled it because they know it sounds good. Who, who's not for right to work? But what it really is, is the ability for people not to join their union, not to pay dues, and reap the rewards of a collective bargaining agreement. Um, you know, basically, uh, right to work says union security clauses are illegal in contracts, which is what requires folks to become members and to pay dues and support the union's work on their behalf. You know, the idea is that everyone benefits when a union negotiates wage increases, better health uh, insurance, uh, retirement protections on the job, you know, so everyone should have to share in that responsibility. Okay, so other than, so it would um, eliminate right to work, and what else would the PRO Act do? Uh, a whole host of issues. It, it deals with the enforcement that I talked about earlier and the uh, penalties. It would enhance those and, and make sure that if an employer interferes in their uh, workers choosing to organize, uh, it would put real teeth into the law. It also takes steps to ensure that first contracts are reached. One of the most difficult things in union organize, if you clear that hurdle of winning your union election, employers will often do whatever they can to delay and prevent the contract from being uh, negotiated. And this would put in a series of steps up to and including binding arbitration uh, to get to that first contract. Um, it also deals with who's eligible to organize. There's a lot of um, uh, unclarity in the law, and this would institute an ABC test for the provision of who is eligible to the NLRA. It ends the ability of employers to hire permanent replacements and strikes, uh, codifies the Obama-era joint employer rule, and it, it requires faster elections. So, you know, from A to Z, this bill really addresses all the issues that are needed to finally bring some balance back to our uh, country's labor laws. So does the fate of the PRO Act depend on whether the Senate eliminates or changes the rules of the filibuster? Because the House has passed this, uh, what, twice now, right? That's correct. The House passed it in last Congress, and they just passed it last month uh, in this Congress. And in New York, we saw that all 19 Democrats in our delegation co-sponsored the bill and voted for it. And we should point out that John Katko, a Republican from New York, was one of only five uh, in the country to vote in favor of it, and he, as he did in the last Congress as well. Um, so, you know, we had strong support here in New York, uh, and it's, uh, it was also a strong vote in the House. Um, but yes, you're right. Now it turns to the Senate and we have to do all we can uh, to make sure that our senators are supportive. Certainly in New York, Senator Gillibrand and Senator uh, Schumer have been strong advocates for the bill and calling for its passage. Um, and we need to work with our partners across the country to make sure we can replicate that strong support elsewhere. Um, one thing that we have, you know, that's really something going for us this time is a president who is leading the fight for this bill. I mean, he has been a breath of fresh air in terms of the way he speaks about unions and his support for unions and policy. Uh, we saw that in the American Rescue Act, um, but he recently just posted a video that quite frankly is the strongest statement by a president about unions 
their benefits to workers and against employer interference in their rights in my lifetime. America wasn't built by Wall Street. It was built by the middle class and unions built the middle class. Unions put power in the hands of workers. They level the playing field. They give you a stronger voice for your health, your safety, higher wages, protections from racial discrimination and sexual harassment. Unions lift up workers, both union and non-union, and especially black and brown workers. I've made it clear made it clear when I was running that my administration's policy would be to support unions organizing and the right to collectively bargain. I'm keeping that promise. You should all remember the National Labor Relations Act didn't just say that unions are allowed to exist. It said that we should encourage unions. So let me be really clear. It's not up to me to decide whether anyone should join a union. But let me be even more clear. It's not up to an employer to decide that either. The choice to join a union is up to the workers, full stop, full stop. Today and over the next- Right, he's he's promised to be the most pro-union president. You're right, and very, he's been very clear. He believes every worker deserves a choice to join a union, and and he said he's ready to sign the PRO Act. That's right, you know, he points out that it's the policy of the United States to encourage collective bargaining, not just allow collective bargaining, but encourage it. And, you know, that is what we have to remember when we're talking about these reforms to the National Labor Relations Act and other sections of law. That is the policy of the United States. So here in New York, when, um, you know, we're talking about the Senate, our senators, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and, and Senator Gillibrand are on board with passing the PRO Act. Um, and we should not, you know, feel discouraged with um, what we're facing in the Senate, right? Because when you take a look even at the elections, look what happened in, in Georgia. Uh, you know, people were very surprised at that, at that outcome. I mean, that's right, Darcy. You know, the labor movement has never shied away from the tough fight. And when we put our mind to it and our full muscle and effort, we can accomplish anything. I mean, you know, we're coming upon Workers Memorial Day later this month, which commemorates the passage of the Occupational Safety and Health Act, OSHA. And, you know, those fights are not easy. They're never easy. But the impact they have on workers' lives make them more than worth the fight. And, you know, in fact, this year, Workers Memorial Day is really the kickoff to our proact mobilizations across the country. Um, and that is the biggest fight we have. It's a fight of a generation. And it's upon all of us to do whatever we can to make that happen, you know, because just with OSHA, you know, showed us safety and health is inextricably linked to unions and organizing. And that's why we're bringing those two uh, concepts together this year, uh, because how many more workers' deaths can be prevented if more more workers are represented by unions? Uh, they go hand in hand. And that's that's really our focus this year and everything we do. You're right. And that's such a good point, because you often hear people talking about, um, you know, better wages and benefits when you're thinking of a union. But that workplace safety uh, is so important. And, you know, that was just um, so apparent when we're in the middle of this pandemic and the burden really falling on workers and them, and them needing that safety and needing that voice at the at the table. That's so true. I mean, if if you really want to look to what the importance of unions, this pandemic underscores it. I mean, what we've seen about 
unions fighting for protections for their workers on the job from PPE to protocols. And, and when employers failed, in many cases, it was the unions that stood up and held them accountable. And in many cases, stepped in and procured their own equipment because the employers didn't do the job. Um, it's also the fights we take on in Congress, passing crucial aid for those who were impacted, either from a safety component or because they lost their livelihoods as a result of the pandemic. We fought in the state capitol, you know, securing death benefits for workers who lost their lives as a result and requiring employers to come up with safety plans. You know, you got to keep in mind, too, it's not the workers aren't the only ones who benefit. You know, for example, there was a report uh, last fall that nursing homes that had union representation where the workers were organized had fewer cases and deaths of COVID. Hmm. Why? Because union workers speak out not just for their own rights, but when they're empowered, they also fight for the rights of those they serve. And it's not limited to health care and the pandemic. Who advocates for better schools? Who fights for investments in roads, bridges, and mass transit? The answer is always the same. It's unions. It's union members. When we allow them to exercise their rights, their right to collectively bargain, to raise their voice, we all benefit union and non-union, and we have to make sure the public understands that. Well, you've laid out a great case for why we need to have the PRO Act. And uh, even though we've got everybody on board here in New York State, anyone listening, and including members right here in New York, what can we do to help um, get this passed? We need to contact our families in other states. We need to make sure we get in touch with them. We need to make sure that we get in touch with retirees that we have in other states as well, and make sure that they're contacting their members of Congress and telling them that this is the fight of a generation and that we need to stand strong here. Um, Again, when we raise our voice collectively, there's nothing that we can't do. All right, well, Ryan Delgado, thank you for being my guest today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks again, Darcy. Joining me now on the podcast is our digital director, Kevin Eitzman, who's also the editor of the podcast. Kevin, how are you? Good, good. Getting over COVID. Oh, but I'm having better it's... now, better now. <laughs> yeah, you said we talked throughout it and you were sounding uh, not too good. So that's I'm glad you're healthy. Yep. Glad you got through it. You're certainly not alone, unfortunately, uh, you know, dealing with it anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. So with the uh, PRO Act, um, speaking of uh, COVID and, and having uh, worker protections and a voice at the workplace to, you know, avoid the spread of this further and keep everybody safe, we need this to pass. So, Kevin, um, where can people find out some more information? How can we help them help us get this uh, over the finish line? Right on our website, we're going to have uh, a toolkit for passing the PRO Act and a call-in number for the national to get a hold of representatives. Uh, so you'll be able to uh, participate in the fight and, and help get this important legislation passed. Okay, great. So people uh, can go there and, and help us out. And we've got, you know, next uh, few weeks to do that. So we hope everybody will will help us get this done. And Kevin, um, you sound much stronger, much better. Um, really glad you got through that and the rest of your family is safe. Um, we, we just wish you good health moving forward. Yep. Thanks to my union. All right. Take care. All right. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Union Strong podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary-treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State Union strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.